What's up, RSL Nation? It's your boys Adele and the Baker. How you doing, Baker? I'm I'm good. I'm real good. We got a got a real special one today. Oh, a super special one today. It doesn't get much better than this. It, uh, it, you know, it, it's one of those. It's one of those. Every page and every group seems to have this like know thy enemy. Mm-hmm. By the way, we mentioned like the know thy enemy thing years ago, and we're like, you know, what? that's stupid. Let's not do that. That's 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 too biblical, too weird. Hey, it is Utah. We are Utah. Yes. The land of the saints. Tell yeah. people why it's a special one. Well, the reason it's a special one is because this weekend we have uh, coming up a match at Cincinnati. We do. Cincinnati, as you will know, and we can talk about in a minute here, I've been advocating for Cincinnati to be the next MLS team for years. You right up there with the Tampas. Mm-hmm. And the Sacramento, Sacramento, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sacramento, definitely well before the Miami's of the world and the NYCFCs of the world. But the reason it's a special one today is because on the line with us we have Brian. What does Brian do? Brian, amongst other things that we might learn about Brian as we talk today, is a member of. Well, Brian, why don't you tell us what are you a member of? Since he's talker talk. Yeah, Cincy Soccer Talk, we're uh, a podcast, live radio show, I guess you could say. Uh, It's covered FC Cincinnati, going on season four. You know, that sounds like a short time compared to all you RSL faithful out there, but I'll tell you what, man, it's been been one heck of a four-year journey to get to this point. Um, You know, it's been magical, I guess you could say, just to kind of see where we start out. But yeah, we covered the team. I I guess we're now up to a staff of, uh, I think, like 16 uh, bloggers, journalists, podcasters yeah we have we have two live shows we do videos uh yeah it's been it's been it's an amazing place where you know kind of where we started and uh, to where we are now we started as four guys that just kind of happened upon uh, each other on on twitter or facebook one night and started a podcast and now thousands of fc cincinnatians and um yeah it's just it's been a hell of a, a heck of a run over the past couple of years so yeah it's 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 kind of tough to to really dive down to what we always get into, but yeah, it's just been one heck of a journey to uh, to where we're at. So if I may, before we carry on, mm-hmm. Brian is just showing us off here. <laughs> He's uh, yeah, it's, they do it. They do it real proper. It's, it's it's the LAFC, the Cincinnati, the what's gonna be Miami. You know, like hey, brand new club. You know, what we gonna start with is a twenty-five person brand new stadium. Oh. The Borussia Dortmunds of the world. Oh, and by the way, our podcast is going to have 18 people. <laughs> and it's going to have 17 professional microphones. And we're going to have two live shows. <laughs> like, oh, man. We struggle mostly because we get too drunk at the game. So I have a post <laughs> show on most so, so I have a great story about getting too drunk at a preseason game as to why I'm not around allowed around the club as much anymore. But uh, we can get Ooh. to that at another oh, yeah. time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we had, we had a good time. Me and, me and Coach Koch got into it a little bit on social media, Ooh. which was not one of my finer points. But, no, I love this club. It's It's been – it started out as uh, since I soccer talk started out, just as had four guys getting getting in together over uh, just Skype, and uh, you know as I'm sure you've seen the the following in Cincinnati is just tremendous, and it's allowed us to expand and get into so many opportunities to cover the club. We all have full time jobs, so this is kind of our night nights and, and weekends kind of deal. But uh, yeah, I mean it's just it's just been incredible. Um, 
you know, you, you're talking about making people feel bad. The only people we ever really in this world try to make feel bad are Louisville City FC supporters because they're, you know, the scum mm. of the earth. But uh, uh, other than that, no, I'm joking. It, it, it's all right. That's that's yeah. kind of our USL love there. But uh, no, it's just been it's just been a heck of a ride, man. Nothing wrong with that. I got in trouble on Twitter today. Uh, who was it that kicked that um, Kansas City? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't be saying stuff like that, man. Oh, you saw it? Huh? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I didn't know the rest of the story. Yeah, guy went to like the hospital. Like well, he's I didn't proper know that. like concussion protocol. Well, um, face is all busted. He's definitely gonna sue. Are you uh, talking about the uh, the guy that got kicked in the face? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It, yeah. So we're not the biggest uh, fans of Kansas City. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I think to be clear, I just to elaborate a little, we don't want to wish ill will on anyone. Right. If it has to happen, like well, if it's like this is going down no matter well, what. Uh, <laughs> don't, 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 don't ill will. All, right. All I'm saying, okay, here's this. We don't want to wish ill will on anyone. Period. Right. And then we start the next paragraph. But that's what I was doing. Yeah. If somebody has to get kicked in the face, and not sent to the hospital. I didn't realize he had well, like, well, that, that shopping guy. I would figure that would be covered in the previous paragraph. They didn't enter <laughs> that on. I also did not know it was as bad as it was. Right. I think we're. I think we're. In track a little. Right. All right. Apologies. Hey, it's all right. I, I get what you mean there. Rivalries and and uh, frenemies. I guess y'all could say that. But it's nice to have some of those. You know, we carry ours over a little bit from our USL days, and I'm sure we'll get something going on here in August with with Columbus Crew SC, the second yeah. best soccer club in in Ohio. But yeah, we'll figure that out. <laughs> Ooh. So, all right. So let's get right into that, man. So uh, you know, we're gonna talk about the game a little bit, but let's not pretend he and I. All right, we're we're soccer fanatics. Our whole life, season ticket holders, all these different things. We have a microphone and a computer and a camera, so we do a thing on the internet here. But we're no experts. Not even close. But what we are experts in is what we call the scarf life. Right? Okay. The supporters culture. Right. Right. Sure. So let's ask you about that. Because I have been a Cincy fan for a while. I mean, since what was it, around, 2016? Like, yeah. Like three, whatever. The reason being that I saw the atmosphere because it was a big deal when it came around. And it just seemed like a natural fit. I just hate, and uh, look, don't get me wrong, uh, 20, 2005, which is almost, what, 20 years, 24 years ago. Right. Uh, RSL was one of those clubs that just started out of nowhere. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But I hate, I think the league, the league was also desperate at that point. They needed more teams. I think the league is in a point now where there are multiple cities. There's a dozen cities competing over any given spot. And I hate to see the likes of Miami or even NYCFC yeah. in a city where there's a club called the Cosmos. Yeah. <laughs> They've been around for decades and they invent a new club. Right. Right. So I love seeing something like Cincinnati where right. it started from scratch and, and, and it, it picked up quickly. But it still seemed natural. Tell us a little bit about what, what it was like on your side. So no one ever expected us to be here four years ago. I mean, yeah, we talked about oh, we want to be an MLS. But in reality, we were always, you know, when they always did the, you know, the four expansion city, 
power 10 or whatever, whatever rankings, we're always like fifth or sixth, you know, we're always like, okay, but Tampa Bay has this and Sacramento has been here forever. So basically how our supporters, when, when it really started to morph into, I would say kind of season, see our second season is when it started going into, into major league soccer, things changed a little bit. So I'll address that here in a minute, but with FC Cincinnati, it was just, you know, we, we, we show up to like our first preseason game at Xavier and it was like 700 fans and we're kind of like, is this really going to work? Cause you know, it's, it's, it's it, you know, we didn't have any chance. You know, we weren't organized and I think it kind of woke everybody up a little bit, a couple weeks. And we go into that, that first regular season game versus for Charlotte and we had 14,000 fans. We're like, this is amazing. You know, it might be shot in the dark, but let's just, let's just, you know, everybody who's there in the supporters groups, let's just go out and go grab, you know, a buddy and grow the club. So, you know, this is the town of P- Peter Edward Rose. You know, this is the town of the Bengals, the Reds. So to kind of get into this movement, we basically just, it was just p- bring everybody you can. And I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with, Hey, but let's come to the game. Well, I don't know shit about soccer. Uh-huh. Do you like do you like beer? Oh, I love beer. Then you'll like soccer. Okay, come come to Mecklenburg Gardens or the the pubs around the University of Cincinnati campus where where we we have our games at Nipper Stadium, and just experience it. So you go from fourteen thousand, and we bring the next game. We got eighteen thousand, and then it goes to 20,000 and you just, it's just this snowballing effect where it's infectious, where you come down four, five, six, seven, eight hours before the games, you go to the pub. We don't have tailgating around the state and there's just no room for it. So it's all a pub atmosphere. So there's 25 bars around college bars. They're just packed to the, 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 the gills with orange and blue fans and it's infectious and you start to make new friends. And all of a sudden we have that crystal palace game, 35,000, fans and it's just like holy crap we've arrived but we still got to keep progressing with this and so we start to get more organized year two we kind of start stiffing the mls thing so our supporters supporters groups dn and shot the pride they really start to kind of get into hey what do we need to do to maintain this and what do we got to do to keep growing growing and growing and growing it's not like let's not be the exclusive bunch like hey you're you know you're not trying hard enough you're not waving your flags you're not doing this no Screw that. Let's get everybody in here. Let's throw a scarf on around their neck and let's keep getting them to come, come to games. And it's just kind of snowballed into that effect with how, you know, it, it just, it's, it's just, as I said, infectious. And uh, it's gotten to the point where now we're averaging 25,000 fans a game, but it's not just about, Hey, we got 25,000 fans there. No, we got, we want, you know, 3000 fans chanting in the Bailey. We want their other 20, 20 plus yeah. thousand fans around, you know, being involved and getting, getting, um, you know, just getting into the game and, and having that great environment. So just that for there, it, it's been amazing. On the other side with the club, we have a great FO that has always from day one, always done the smart little things, right? Whether it was John Harks going to pubs every Saturday and Sunday morning to watch EPL games to get those people to come out. John Harks, you know, we'll, we'll pardon his sins later, but he was instrumental in getting the club off the ground day one. Then Jeff Birding, our GM. I have no idea who John Harks is. So John Harks, he was our first head coach of FC Cincinnati. He was, uh, <laughs> how do I say this? He was called Captain America by Steve Sampson, captain of the U.S. men's national team, U.S. men's national team legend back 1990, 19, well, should have been, what, 94 or whatever that was uh, yeah. when 
when they didn't host the uh, <laughs> wherever wherever the World Cups were. So he was our first head coach. He got booted out, uh, and but just like literally like the day before they go to Florida camp in season two. But back to kind of the the growth. You know, the FO is always engaged the supporters. Always had the supporters council before it was cool. Before the LAFC documentary, seeing the oh this is how you support it. No, FC Cincinnati started that. You know, so. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Take it back, take it back. Oh, sorry, sorry. Recently, did you recently. Just throw some shade at LAFC. <laughs> they They're amazing. We just played them this weekend. That 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 was an amazing atmosphere. Uh, but you know, it's all these little things that that you've kind of seen happen over the past couple of years. You know, we had that great U.S. Open Cup run in season two, where we knock off the crew, we knock off the fire, we take. New York Rebels to extra time and BWP does his magic, but it's all these little things that just kind of snowball and make the club special place. Um, I, you know, I don't know if you guys have gotten to see too many games in, in Nipper stadium on, on TV, you know, in USL, we don't get featured nearly as much. Um, but it's just, it's an amazing culture. Uh, still learning. We're still not perfect. If you look at our supporters group, it looks awesome on, you know, on TV with the, the, the Bailey sitting sitting above the field. But there's a lot of things we need to improve on with capo stands, all these different things to really take us to the next level when we get into our new building in, in 2021. But it's really just been um, a fun ride. And and I think, as I said, it's just, it's just starting right now with, with Major League Soccer. Yeah. Well, look, don't feel bad about that. We're, what, 20-something years in now? And we're, this year, starting to combine some of our supporter sections. Right. We've got every seat. The, the line is every seat at Rio Tinto is a supporter section. At least that we wrote. Right. Uh, there's about Section 35, row H. So I die. Yeah. Um, I don't. Sure. I don't really, I'm pretty sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure there's about 87 supporter sections at Rio Tinto Stadium in Salt Lake City. Uh, so... And like with the galaxy and, and, and even with this is somewhat with crew, like they have the different supporters groups in all different parts of the stadiums. Is that how it's in at Rio Tinto? Yeah, more or less. Yeah. So, well, here's, here's the thing. We are not a member. We're not members of a supporters group. Sure. Either supporters group. And trust me, there is a lot to choose from. Yeah, seriously. Oh, yeah. Um, we're there. We will sing and chant and yell and, and fight with anyone. <laughs> right. Our job is the way we see it is with it to support the club, the team, the players. Sure. And help the atmosphere. But I don't know. I've never been I've been to a lot of games and a lot of stadiums in a lot of countries, uh, supporting a lot of teams. Well, only supporting a couple of teams. Right. Never been a member of a supporters group. I just never felt the need. Mm-hmm. Uh, and honestly, I work too much, and I have a life, so I couldn't. I can't. Yeah. I cannot dedicate any additional time to, you know, to do the, the, the necessary things. Like we do this, we do a Facebook page, a Twitter page. Apparently, we have an Instagram page. <laughs> That's about it. Keep this stuff going. So let me ask you a question here, man. Sure. Um, the supporter groups that you guys have over there was that a, was that more of an organic? startup or was that club initiated or club supported or anything like that oof depends who you ask um so we have a lot of supporters groups as well um when you kind of you see you know you hear the bailey which is our main 
section, kind of like the 3252 in LA. But you know, we had really the supporters groups are the Pride, DNA Stott. By the way, before before you keep going, sure. what is it? Someone should count those people. <laughs> oh. I think there's either more or less than 3252. Well, it's like the original. You got the story right from the dude. Yeah, yeah. Story. All right, sorry, man. Sorry, Brian. Go ahead. You're good. You're good. So. So when they first started FC Cincinnati, they, we got called like the plastic club because we did just some of the worst marketing out there. We tried to be like a, I don't even freaking know, like there was a, a, a little night mascot called Sir Cincy and, and even the original logo with the wing line had no significance. And, and so it was just some cringeworthy stuff. And, and a lot of those people actually got, uh, I don't say fired, but asked to leave, I guess you could say. Things just start off terrible with FC Cincinnati before they even kicked the ball. So the supporters that were really interested, you know, I think I was like number seven that signed up for a season ticket. And oh. yeah, a lot of us supporters basically are like, we need to, if we really want this club to be amazing versus just, you know, dying, you know, two, 3,000 fans and fading away in time, which has happened here in Cincinnati. You know, we've had a USL club before. We've had pro teams, and they've all right. just it's died. happening in Dallas, and they're pretty good, so yeah. <laughs> so what we did, it, a lot of these guys with the pride, DNA shot the brigade, which was called the Bailey Bastards before MLS made them rebrand. But, uh, you know, all these different groups are like, you know, we let's, let's get tight, let's get our guys together, and let's – you know, let, let's form our own identity. So we really wanted to theme a lot of things after FC Cincinnati or, or the city. I mean, um, so Dot, which is the inner city, which is kind of how we envisioned our club. You know, we wanted to be a downtown club. We didn't want to be no offense, Bridgeview or whatever outside. So we really wanted to embrace the city feel. And so we had a lot of young millennials kind of fit into that category that wanted to join that, that supporters group. So they go down to over the Rhine, which is really hit part of town every weekend, watch, EPL games there Saturdays and Sundays. And it's a great group. Then you have the pride, which is a more diverse group, uh, more just about, Hey, let's support, let's support the club. You know, let's travel everywhere. So all these different little unique facets kind of, whether it be a family supporters group or a college based supporters group, they all just kind of crept up. But then we noticed there was all these little segments. And so as the supporters groups, supporters groups, the supporters leaders said, no, we really need to organize. So we have um, kind of a, I would say a supporters kind of council, whatever that leads, the, leads all the chants and everything in the same called the Knights of the Bailey. But, you know, it, it's the willingness to kind of put aside some of what we individually want for the, the sense of the greater good, which is, I think, what's made FC Cincinnati supporters special and what's made us so powerful, especially when you see the Bailey. Now, the Bailey on Friday might not be as strong. It's predicted to be like 50 degrees and storms all day, so it might not be our best attendance showing, but, uh, you know, it, it, we're you still going to be out there cheering. You call it summer, yeah. Well, I think our week two game, whatever it was, is like 36 and – raining the whole game and we still had twenty five thousand fans there which is which is pretty cool but yeah just all these all these all these things happen where we just try to put the the greater good above you know kind of our personal things which i, I feel like is unique <laughs> unique especially mm -hmm. in our in our society these days uh but yeah all right man well that's good to hear so overall is there a soccer culture in, in cincinnati i i'd say so um you got the Bengals. You got the yeah. Baseball. So there's been this huge surge in Cincinnati. Um, we were a dying city. You know, you hear all these flyover cities dying. Just yeah, 
Exodus. And uh, fortunately, where they're building our stadium, which is the West End, we have a, a unique uh, community right next to the West End. Really, it's, they're honestly uh, synergistic. They're 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 uh, right next to each other. I call it Over the Rhine. I mentioned it earlier. And a lot of these young millennials, young professionals, oh, so over the Rhine. Yeah, the Rhine River in in Germany. We're a huge German population around here. Huge I German grew up population. On the Rhine River in Germany. Yeah. Side note. Proceeds. Oh. So, so it's it's this hugely culturally um, vibrant area, and a lot of the soccer culture actually started there. You know, all these, yeah. all these young professionals now moving in and young, you know, later twenties, early thirties, moving downtown, go into the bars every weekend. There's yeah. tons of bars just packed to the gills and said with, with fans watching soccer, EPL soccer every weekend. But these kids, these guys, these young professionals, me included, I mean, I'm 31. Uh, we, we played soccer growing up. And it, it just kind of had that that lucky, I guess, time frame where we wanted to still continue with soccer, yet we can't necessarily play at the high level anymore. Yeah. And FC Cincinnati came on this perfect time, and and yeah, you know we, we have fi we have fifty. Dream. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's just it kind of it's been amazing to see. It might not be the classic soccer culture of, I, I, I don't know. I think it's it's specific to every community, yeah. but um, yeah, it's just kind of given us the opportunity to really kind of do something we love and or you support something that we love just sport wise as said as, as i mentioned to you earlier it doesn't take much to get a new soccer fan if you like drinking beer if you like to yell at people referees are great targets um <laughs> so yeah it's just it's just it's just it's just been kind of pretty cool to see how it works now we do have fifty thousand. i think we're one of the top five markets in the country for youth soccer and uh, that has helped you know what i'm sure you know this term casual fan you're not going to get anywhere by just getting 3,000 diehard fans. You have to have the casual yeah. soccer fan. And yeah. I think that's one demographic that we've been lucky to, to really have uh, embrace the club. So the Baker and I have a big disagreement all the time about whether the diehard fans, whether a part of the diehard fans' responsibility is to recruit casual fans to the stadium. He, I'll let him tell you what he thinks. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's... And I don't think Yeah, it is. I, I feel like we inevitably get onto this topic one way or another mm -hmm. every other week. Seems like it. Um, you know, so obviously, as you mentioned, we're, we're of Eastern European descent. And um, like, I feel like I never had a choice, right? It was like, hey, you're going to love soccer or you can go leave the family. It yeah. was, bam, uh, day one. Um and obviously rsl the second they started they they have my money year in year out and i mean short of starting a campaign to specifically exclude me they got my money every year right uh and that would be pushing right and then i'm like i'll still show up guys yeah <laughs> um, i'll watch on tv right it's uh and i feel like as as, as part of that diehard as part of the guy that volunteers not volunteers but like spences free time doing things like this podcast and, and running these pages and enabling other, you know, supporters and fans, you know, part of that is, is, is being an ambassador on behalf of the club. And part of that includes, I don't want to say convincing people because it makes it sound like I'm a salesperson, but it, it's like, Hey, uh, this is how I spent my weekend. Here's why it was awesome. Oh yes. The whole drinking beer, the, you know, yelling at refs, the the atmosphere, the party, the goal gone, whatever it may the be. Hanging with the friends. It, the... it doesn't take much to convince somebody. 
And, yeah. and that's where that whole part of a diehards fan is to bring other fans. And see, and, and I totally understand what you're saying and what you're saying, Brian. I think we'll let you speak. In so, a second. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So everybody doesn't have to be that. And I think that's what's right. beautiful is if you don't want to commit, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna judge you as less of a fan. And some places do, like Columbus. No offense, I was a Columbus <laughs> crew fan, but I can't I was treated as a second class citizen for 10 years following Columbus just because I lived in Cincinnati and I didn't go to every game. That's BS. I that I mm-hmm. to me, I don't I don't think there's a place for that. There's three thousand guys. Women, dude. There's more women in the Bailey. You'd be shocked, uh, and I love it. It's it's great. You know, we're, we 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 open everybody with open arms. But I think there you need a crew. You need a group that does sing FC Cincinnati. That you know you do need those people. So not everybody has to be there. If that's not your cup of tea, that's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that this might be a, a new take in or. Uh, Sorry, a different perspective from a, you know from a city from a person that really hasn't had a soccer club to embrace twenty four seven. You know this is new, so yeah. I can't tell you how many people called us naive in in our first couple of years uh, with some of our yeah, takes. Man. So I apologize yeah, in that front, but sounds like you're doing a really good job down there. It's look, the baker and I get into this every other week. All right, so I just I look the way I see it is like if everyone shows up, my tickets go up. I don't want that either. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. We're going to experience that very soon with that yeah, new stadium. stadium. What? You said 2021? 2021, uh, 26,000 seats, but I keep hearing that number creep up. So, right. Right. How big is Cincinnati? What's the population of that area? Uh, roughly, man, I, I'd say a little over 2 million. Um, okay. But we have Dayton. About forty-five minutes north of us, which is uh, you know, probably another seven hundred fifty thousand. Then you have Louisville and Lexington, which are probably both within ninety-minute drives that are you know another several million. So it's it's, it's a large a, large area. Louisville has a, has a club, don't they? Um, actually, yeah. I remember specifically losing to them not yeah. that long. Ago. Yeah, Louisville's really good at winning D two titles. Um, so unfortunately, I, we learned that the hard way. But they're full of shit, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Let me ask you a different question. So you're obviously a soccer fan, a supporter, a follower, and beyond that, you 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 you're one of those one percenters amongst us who actually takes the time to continuously put out content. Most people don't, right? I think even the ones they want to, everyone wants to until they realize how much time and money sure. is going to take to do it. So, question for you: When you think Salt Lake City or Real Salt Lake? Just a general question we'd like to ask our uh, counterparts. Uh, I, I think I've shared some of what I think about since it's mostly just you know YouTube videos and and what I <laughs> What are your thoughts, if you have any, about RSL Salt Lake City, the, the whole nine yards? So when I think of RSL, um, and and please don't take offense to this. I think of bro. I promise you, whatever you say, we've heard worse. So oh ahead. well. You, you might not like this. I think of Sporting Kansas City and RSL as like the two clubs that have always done things the right way. And they're clubs that I that I would want my club to emulate. Now, you know, attendance numbers. You've been correct so far, so keep going. <laughs> so, now, yeah, I said the Sporting KC word, so I didn't know if that was the cuss word or not. So, 
Uh, yeah. No, no, RSL, you know, back in the USL days of FC Day, which is, oh, God, the past three years, um, you know, seeing their their Real Monarchs and seeing the the way that you guys develop young talent and then like that 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 academy you guys have. And I think you guys in Sporting KC and, and New York Rebels are like the three clubs that are actually pushing U.S. soccer further along than anybody else. Maybe FC Dallas too, probably. But like FC Cincinnati celebrates, they celebrate the attendance. But you really look in the next, you know, five to ten years, you know, those markets I just mentioned are where I think the, the everybody's going to be playing catch up to you guys. So, uh, you know, I, I, everybody's going to remember those days back in uh, with with Freddie Adu and what's that? What's that stadium that you guys played? But right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but in reality, I mean. I, I just think of Kyle Beckerman and um, you know the, the the just the quality teams that you guys have had over the past several years, and I'm jealous. I mean, I, I've watched you know the Jason Christ days, and you guys just you know fight for titles. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, that's what I think of. When I think we're, of RSL. We're, we're jealous too. We wish he was back. <laughs> yeah, we wish. Yeah, we were yeah back but but you guys are at a transition phase. Ooh, I just keep care. You guys are a transition phase right now. Um, you know, honestly, you know. <laughs> There was, the, I, I was thinking about talking about this earlier. You know, there's a point realistically where there's a lot of smoke coming around when, when, um, when Beckerman was a, you know, quote unquote free agent or negotiating with RSL that he might be able to sign with FC Cincinnati uh, prior to last season. So twenty prior to the 2018 USL season, you know, we bring him in for a season USL, bring him back into Major League Soccer. Don't know how serious it was. There's a lot of smoke, but. We were so excited about the opportunity to have a guy like Beckerman here because he would bring the culture that was at Real Salt Lake, and that's very important to our, you know, here in FC Cincinnati. We don't want the flashiest guys. We want the guys who are going to battle, like the Darren Maddoxes of the world, uh, that just battle and put heart out on the field. I'll tell you, you guys have heard about Fernando Adi here, and so yeah, DUI. That, killer. that guy has been raked over the coals here by the fan base. I mean, legit. This really? guy, I mean, I mean, just with that DUI and the lack of production and everything else, yeah, we want that. the guys that are going to battle for you and think about the team first, yeah. think about the city. And that's that's kind of what I think about is RSL. So long story, but um, yeah. I like that. Yeah, you, story, you flatter man. us. Flatter us, yeah. Well, remember the, the 13 run. That ended uh, the way it did, but we won't get into that. Uh, that's, well, most people. I mean, number one response is, uh, "How many wives do you have?" Oh yeah, yeah. well, you know, I, so Cincinnati is extremely Catholic, so I try to stay away from the religion thing a lot because <laughs> because you know, if you live in the South and I I say Catholic in the South, oh boy, you better watch yeah. out. So. Hey, I love the South. <laughs> I love all people. And also, I'll be honest with you, I want to visit Cincinnati the way you describe it. It's 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 a city, you know, all the cliches and crap, you know, ignite, unite, and all that BS that they 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 push here, that marketing MLS stuff. But we are really a city on the rise, and uh, I think that stadium that they're building, which is right in downtown, right in the heart of every single thing that's building in the city, and you're you're going to hear the the stuff of gentrification and all that sad stuff, and that that's part of the when you build in these 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 inner city areas. But man, it's going to be friggin' incredible. I think yeah. built, you know, I, I keep saying 26,000 is like, that's a daunting number that for us to fill it every, every week. But I think with the growth of this club and 
where that area is going to be it's just going to be freaking insane it's no, it's, it's going to be the model i'll be honest since he has never been one of those i travel a lot for work and i've been to almost all major cities in the u.s since he's one of the last ones i haven't visited yet and honestly i never thought about visiting until the the club got there Nate. yeah and we we didn't have much until about five years ago right right so well, well we live in salt lake city so we know what you're talking about <laughs> so yeah no, I, I'm, I'm totally looking forward to someday visiting not not this weekend i got plans right uh but maybe someday soon which is I feel like a pretty solid transition into yeah, why, game. why we're all here. Yeah. So this Friday, 5.30 Mountain Standard Time. Jeez. Yeah, it's going to be It's a good way to just get out of the way early, though. Well, I'm it's, thinking about it. Sounds like a lot of day drinking. Yeah, just get yes. out of the office as fast as possible. So I'll be off by started. three. Should we go to Republican? I mean, I don't think I'll be working, but we'll figure it out. That's, that's neither here nor there. Huh. So game, 5.30 on Friday. We're, we're making um, away game plans here. <laughs> Um, FC Cincinnati, just, you know, by, uh, by the all day accounts, I haven't watched the game, but I did see, you know, highlights and score it up quite mm-hmm. a bit, uh, played LAFC just this last weekend, uh, yeah. in LA mm-hmm. to no loss. Yeah. Um, the feeling I got from FC Cincinnati fans and correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, this is where I'd love to hear it, but is overall people feel extremely positive in, uh, Cincinnati, despite the two nil score. So I hate to lose. I hate to lose preseason games. Uh, I hate to draw. But when you play the best team in Major League Soccer, in, in my view, they're the best team right now. And you give up a goal on a header, and then you give up a goal two minutes into stoppage time. And you had three, four shots at the post, and you could have had a couple more goals. I felt I felt we played very well. I felt our defense played well. Could have been much better. Um, I think we weren't prepared for the speed of LAFC and just the quickness of their counter and, and to get the ball to the field. And we have a lot of guys who haven't played together. We've been decimated, decimated with injuries. Um, so to, 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 to lose, to not have our starting right back, our starting left back, to have Adi out and then Lamar being hurt. I mean, it, I mean, even Maddox and Mane are hurt. So uh, to have all those guys like that, uh, it, it felt pretty positive, I, I guess you could say. We're still trying to form an, an identity on the field, and I, I you know, that, that's going to take more than 10 games uh, or right. eight, seven games, whatever it is right now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, so far, so good. I think what we kept saying on Cincinnati Soccer Talk is if we can make it through May at nine points, I think we like the end of May, two full months of the season with nine points or two May, sorry, not at the end of May, two, two May. I thought we'd be pretty happy and we're already almost there, uh, right. you know, with our, with our crazy schedule, Portland, which doesn't look great. Atlanta, we're going to play New York here soon. So um, uh, overall, I think we've been, we've been doing pretty well over uh, the Red Bull. Right. Oh, the good New York. Right. The good New York. Yeah. <laughs> um, we played so Philly too. Who's looking very, very good. Philly's looking very good, yeah. Mm-hmm. So with, I mean, it, it's like looking at FC Cincinnati, and, and you mentioned something of developing an identity, and obviously there's going to, you know, moving from the USL to the MLS in the first year, you're obviously going to have, it, it's a new league, you, you need a, you know, no disrespect to the USL, but you need a higher caliber player. Absolutely. Um, 
and, and no, you know, Adi's got his own thing going on. He's your, he's the only DP player on the roster at the moment. Is that correct? So it gets a little, uh, it's, it's a little more nuanced than that. So technically we do have a second DP, young DP, um, with that Alan Cruz out of Costa Rica, 23 year old midfielder who's traditionally D mid. He's the young, he was, he was going to be a TAM player. We brought him in and I think we've kind of traded away some of our game TAM. Thank you, ma'am, a little bit. So he is now young DP. And then you have Kenny safe mm-hmm. or Saif, whatever you say, but uh, they tell us to call him safe. Uh, he, he yeah, right. Uh, use the back of your throat, bro. Yeah. Saif. Oh, God, dude. I would have no idea where to start from there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he is a TAM player right now, but um, he's on a four month loan. So his contract right now is set at that TAM level, but would have to, if we do sign him long-term, he would have to go to a DP status, I believe from, from what I've been told. So, we do have three players at that quality of level, but nobody that's like a Vela or a Rossi that you saw last week. So we're, we're so even Adi who makes $2 million a year, he's a fringe mid the middle of the road forward. We'll call him right now overpaid, but we needed a name. So on that front, it's, it's been, we don't have that top end guy, but we have a lot of really good players. Um, when you look at Eric Alexander, who's a bench player, bench midfielder, but he was on the U.S. men's national team. Alan Cruz, Costa Rican national team. Greg Garza. Um, you got guys out there like, um, you know, Alvis Powell, who represents, uh, Darren Maddox represents Jamaica. Caleb Stanko, former U.S. men's national team player. So there's a lot of guys, Kendall Waston, that are good quality players, but they we just are lacking that, you know, you know, guy who can just absolutely take over a game like a, a Piatti was back in the day, a Vela now. So that's kind of where we're hitting. Now, the you you just you said you said something about the USL player. I think we did bring up like seven guys from our USL team. We've loaned several of them out, so I think that's a little bit less. But you you, you talk about like a guy like Spencer Ritchie, who we brought up from our USL team to be the backup to uh, Shemi Suave Teton, who got injured, our goalkeeper. And Richie stood on his head. He's been he's been absolutely incredible. So we have some higher higher profile or higher level USL guys. Justin Hoyt played at Arsenal. He played with us in USL last, or past two seasons. And he LAFC could not get by him this weekend. So there's some pretty good players. Um, of course, then we also have a couple other players that probably aren't to the MLS level, but it, those are guys who'll probably feature in the US Open Cup more than anything. Right. That, that makes that makes sense. Um, so uh, you you mentioned Maddox, and as a you know as a as a semi neutral third party at this, looking from the outside, it, it's I'm I'm looking at the roster, I'm looking at the guys available, and the the goal scoring responsibilities kind of seem to have fallen to him. Well, um, so we've had seven goal scorers, and nobody scored more than one. Okay, or, well, or eight uh, goal scorers, whatever it is. That that makes makes sense. Um, <laughs> I think I remember reading a, a quote or, or a stat that, uh, and I think this is like the talking point since the LAFC game, given all the chances generated, that uh, FCC hasn't scored from the run of play since like the end of March. Does does that concern you at all, or is is it just kind of like one of those? This is a rut. We'll we're generating chances. Someone's bound to 
failed to get one. Yeah, so I, I actually got into it a little bit with with a couple of bloggers, uh, USL bloggers, actually about that that stat. Um, so yeah, it, it is a little bit concerning, but when you talk about Darren Maddox, I said this is this guy's the king of the woodwork. He loves bouncing balls off the posts. So him, Lamar, safe, all have had really good chances in in the run of play that just haven't gone in yet. And um, I think they'll find their shooters' boots. And said they've all been they've all been injured. You know, Maddox, Mane, um, Lamar, all these guys have had to miss a little bit of time. Safe, you know, this guy has played like one competitive match in a year. Now he's finally got three starts under his belt here at FC Cincinnati. So I think those things will come, but we still are missing that number ten, that guy that can just you know, take a game on his shoulders. And, that, and that's where, where we were nervous coming into the season. We just don't have that top end guy that when everybody else isn't producing that you can lean on. So we're going to have stretches. I think that we where we don't score, score many goals, but then you're going to have stretches like where we played new England and Portland and we put a couple goals up. So, or like three goals up in those games. So uh, it, I think FC Cincinnati will be the definition of streaky when it comes to the end of the year. That that makes makes sense to me. Um, that makes perfect sense, actually. Let me ask you this question: There are clubs whose attendance and and people's kind of passion is heavily reliant on their success. Thinking uh, LA Galaxy, <clears throat> Colorado, Rapids, Colorado Rapids. Right. Then there are clubs who it doesn't matter how good or bad they are. Yeah, attendance is gonna suck. Like Dallas. Sure. Or Houston. I mean Houston could be worse than they were a few years ago. And then the year after they were really good. And attendance still sucks. Right. Um, then you have clubs like I, don't know, I mean LAFC and, and, and y'all obviously and you know some of these newer clubs. It's way too early to measure, right? Absolutely. Including okay, the the Red Bulls. It seems like no matter how good they are in the regular season game, they don't get big attendances. Something like 15 is their average. And then you have Columbus, who, unless they're in danger of actually losing the team, oh, right? So here's the thing in Salt Lake, we have good days, bad days, good matches, bad matches. On a really bad day, attendance is what, 17,000? That's a really bad day. Well, Sunday, Sunday's in Utah. No right, one, if, if there's a Sunday afternoon game in Utah, it sucks that year. <laughs> it's right. 15. Absolutely. That's a great game in Columbus. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a ridiculous game. Our, our capacity is like 19-something, right? So <clears throat> it's not below capacity. But then, then there's people like me. And I'm going to the game not for the results. It doesn't really matter to me if you're doing well. I mean, it matters to me, but if you're doing bad or good, it's secondary. It matters, but it's secondary. I want to go relax and support my team. Um, what's the feeling in Cincinnati? Because I do believe, I understand, that Atlanta, who has absolutely prided themselves last year on attendance numbers, mm-hmm. is dropping. I mean, it's still like ridiculously high, but yeah. Well, but it's Atlanta. It's like nine sure. million people in that city, <laughs> right? Sure. Right. Um, and they haven't been doing well this year. What's your feeling about Cincinnati? Do you think Cincinnati FC has to keep up good results or 
start getting and maintaining good results to maintain the kind of atmosphere that, that we have all come to, to, to know about uh, and become accustomed to from, from you people. So, so you people, you people. Uh, or do you think that's secondary? Is it a culture thing? So FC Cincinnati, we'll say Cincinnati in general, whether it's Reds, Bengals, UC, Xavier. It's a lot about the, the effort, the blue-collar mentality, I guess, as you could yeah. say. If the, the, the FO, if the ownership group, if the players on the field are trying, and they, you see the passion, you see them fighting for the crest, I think that means a lot to people in this, this, this part of the, of the country. Right. Um, you see it with, with the reds, um, you know, they, they, they still, you know, they're never going to, to be the, the top end team, but you know, they, they battle, you got good players there. You, they, people still show up the Bengals. I mean, you see them getting arrested every week and people stop going to games. So I think as long as, is, is they act like good stewards in the community, they still show up, they still engage. And that, that's the thing with, with FC Cincinnati, uh, the club itself has done really well. The players have engaged really well within, in the community, going to, you know, inner city events, going to youth soccer tournaments, those things like that, even with the major league soccer players, that's been, been kind of special. So as long as they keep doing those things, and hitting the pavement and really reaching out and not expecting people to show up just because they are the MLS club, I think right. they'll be fine. Uh, right. So I, I think that's where we go. Cause we had a really rough year in season two um, because, you know, we lost coach Harks, even though we had that great us open cup run, we still came in like sixth or seventh in, in, in the USL and had some just like four Oh drubbings. Like we lost five, nothing to Louisville. We lost four, nothing to Ottawa. And, and the tennis play wasn't as hot as it could have been, but it was still halfway decent. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, I think, as I said, it's way too early. You know, the first year, you know, the the newness of FC Cincinnati carried us. The second year, the US Open Cup gave us a great run. The third year, we were the best team in USL. Great run. Season four, Major League Soccer season. So we'll, we'll see what happens in year Next year, I think, will be more the telling year than season six as well, that new stadium. Definitely. definitely. So, you know, you, you kind of mentioned the some changes. Has, I mean, obviously, you know, the opponents in the league and stuff have changed. But has there been, like, a noticeable change in the atmosphere at the stadium transitioning from USL to MLS? Or is it just from a, from a butts and seats kind of standpoint, it's steady as she goes? The number one thing? Holy shit! These players are a lot, a lot better. <laughs> it's, it's, it, honestly, it really is. Uh, I, I think some of the things have you know, I, I just is a is a fan's perspective. Now it's like okay, we're seeing some pretty cool people come into the stadium. We're seeing you know Marco Fabian do some amazing things, and I think that's going to kind of take us uh, a little bit more kind of with that New Jersey Met, uh, New Jersey Nets. Brooklyn Nets mentality is where, you know, you come to see the other players too. And I think for the beginning of FC Cincinnati, I think that's going to be something that, that we can check out that'll help. Um, but just kind of more grow. I think when the knowledge base of the fans gets a little bit better, I think you'll, you'll see, hopefully see some growth with that uh, in the community uh, to, to get people more involved as well. So we're, we're still very young soccer knowledge fan base you know that's what people flock to Cincinnati soccer talk school we had people that actually were around the game coached the game been been a part of the game with as supporters of different clubs in different areas uh so um yeah i think i think it'll get better um 
in terms of just the supporters, I think the the Bailey, they just need to know we have to be on our game. We have to be, you know, leading the chance. We can't take, you know, five minutes off in the games. I think that expectation now um, is, is kind of on those supporters. Awesome. Yeah. But we still like to drink a ton of beer. I mean... <laughs> Man, Cincy sounds like the next place. Well, we got KC. I think we're going to the KC, Denver this year. It's got to be KC after that. I mean, Cincy after that. Question for you. Let's get soccer specific for just a second. What's your biggest worry about this game this weekend? Before we ask you for your prediction, because I have one other question after that that has sure. nothing to do with soccer. So what's your biggest worry? I, I think we know what our biggest worry would worries would be this weekend. What's your biggest worry? Um, if you guys can mimic what LAFC can do, but finish, if you guys can get us turned, uh, especially our midfield turned, um, we still have Victor Yoa, Leo Bertoni, Caleb Stinko, that trifecta, two, two of them play at a time, but they're still trying to figure out that partnership. So if you can got, get those guys tracking backwards and get, you know, past that first line of defense and make our defenders who are traditionally more offensive oriented, you know, our Deplon, he likes to bomb up the field. Garza likes to bomb up the field. Waston and Hagelin aren't known for being the best defenders, but they win every ball in the in the air. So if you can kind of, if you guys can kind of turn us in that LAFC model, uh, get us running back towards our goal, I think there's a chance that you guys could could put a put a good number up on us, kind of like what LA or like Seattle did in that first game. You know, they just came at us, made us turn, but they finished. Whereas LAFC, they probably could have, I think last week could have been a 5 nothing loss or a 0-0 zero to zero draw. I mean, that that's literally how, you know, if you don't finish, and but you don't finish, those chances going to be 0-0. Zero, zero. But if you are clinical, you have the, you're, we're going to concede chances. That's it's clearly evident in our first several games. Yeah. For so. the record, I like what LAFC is doing this year. Well, let's not forget we kicked him out of the playoffs last year. Yeah, yeah, that that was a big talking point this whole past week. Where like we keep saying is we felt like we belonged at least on that field, and if we can at least you know see those little small victories, we can pull what RSL did to LAFC last year and knock those big boys off. If they don't have their best night, we play well. I mean, right. we we the thing that surprised me those the most with FC Cincinnati this year is on the pitch we've looked like we belonged, and I didn't think we were going to be anywhere close to that this year. I, I I look at FC Cincinnati and to me it's it out of all of the clubs on the on the in the Eastern Conference I think they're the most RSL like they're the, the, yeah. they're clearly not bad they're better than their record shows and moments of individual brilliance also cover up for like some systematic mistakes I think if we're going to be totally honest that uh, yeah. We've said that that moments of individual brilliance, holy crap! We, that's been our claim to fame for the past year. Even in USL last year, we weren't the most organized team. We still aren't the most organized team. We're not the best coach team, but we still have those players that can just shock you. Right, right. And I think uh, I think we're going to get to this. That is my biggest fear. It's uh, we are not lucky enough not to have. You know, Maddox just had this crazy. I mean, he had a beauty of a of a curler that I think should have been a goal against LAFC uh, that got saved um, against. You know, love me some Ramondo against an aging Ramondo. That's a goal. So that's that's my my fear. I, I still can't believe Nick Ramondo gets to free. I can't believe he's coming to Cincinnati. That that mm -hmm. still as a as a guy who's watched USL. 
I'm in awe of Ramondo Beckerman. Even like Luke, guys like Luke Mulholland. I just love watching those guys. You know, and it's just and Luke's not there anymore, right? Luke this weekend. We haven't seen him this year yet. Yeah, so probably Ramondo's only visit there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Last year. Yeah, I'm not. So this obviously we have the way I see it from a field perspective. Ourselves one of those teams when it's on. It doesn't matter when we're playing. Problem is we're like on twice every ten games, right? So right. that that's the problem. Nick Romando, he has not in the last few games had a Nick Romando moment. Not this whole year. I'm saying this the last few games. He had a couple of Nick Romando moments against LAFC. He had a couple of uh, Nick Romando moments against Vancouver at home. He hasn't had any Nick Romando moments last couple of games because Nick Nick Romano is usually good for a sure goal that he prevents <laughs> right so it's kind of like scoring a goal he just hasn't had um, too many of those lately yet um, my biggest worry is that we do not start Sam Johnson on our side I think we start the exact same team we started last game including Sam Johnson well minus Everton well minus Everton um, that which is a huge loss right yeah, I don't have a lot of. See, we we did some math earlier this year. It's always dangerous. And we figured if we win all of our home games and lose all the away games, we're in the playoffs. And it was solid logic, um, and it was good until we lost the game at home. <laughs> um, so now we have to make up three points on the road somewhere, right? Or tie three away games. We have tied one away game so far. I think. Houston away. So uh, I think we need to get three points somewhere soon in order just to start breaking even on the year. And I think I, I let's get into projections. I'm thinking Cincinnati, uh, RSL Cincinnati is a is a two zero RSL win. What do you think, Baker? Before we throw it over to Brian, I I think that. So we haven't heard on Everton, and that midfield, I think, is going to look real susceptible, just straight down the middle. Is Adi playing? No, but... He's not playing. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's... Like he's yeah, in jail. <laughs> not in jail, he's, but... He's, he's, he's back in Cincinnati, but he's the, the club doesn't even know what's going on. Right. Yeah. He's not allowed to participate. Yeah. Right? Not even allowed to practice. DUI, right? There's a good old-fashioned DUI. They but call it, it like, something else in Cincinnati. Okay. What's the DUI in Cincinnati? Uh, of oh something I don't know OVI yeah, oh oh something and I O yeah yeah OVI yeah oh, something yeah. like that. I was driving drunk. Oh yeah, he was going. So this dude was going a hundred and three. I don't know, hundred and five essentially in a sixty-five. And this was like thirty minutes outside of like it literally was like four minutes from my house. Like I I live out here in the burbs. I live out here in the sticks and. He somehow was all the way out here, so I don't understand it. Huh. Well, that'll happen. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say 1-1. 1-1. One, one. Uh, one, one. You always do that. All right. Brian, what are you thinking on the projections for this weekend? Well, this Friday evening. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Friday, right? Yeah. Um, on this Easter weekend. Um, oh, I, right. Yeah, I can't believe that. Who's I'm actually... Brian? What? Who's going to lay an egg? 
Oh, shoot, man. I'll tell you what. So my brother has been joked. They call him the wet blanket because he... So my twin brother is also a co-host on our show. He has picked losses every game for FC Cincinnati. And uh, I actually think this is one of those games where I think we will be competitive. I think we will go probably toe-to-toe the whole game. But as you've seen with FC Cincinnati so far, we lose a little steam over the last 20 minutes. And I think the depth on RSL is significantly greater than FC Cincinnati, and they will be able to probably knock out a goal somewhere. So I'm pre- I'm predicting two to one to RSL, um, just because I, I think we're not to that. What was what's sporting called sporting fit mentality? I don't think we're anywhere near there yet. I think we got a lot of banged up bodies, and um, we just don't have the depth. I mean, as a winger, we have to bring on Eric Alexander, who I praised earlier. But he's a great D mid. He's not a great midfielder. Now we play a four, two, three, one, and we have one true winger in Roland Lamar. So uh yeah, so that's it's gonna it's, it could be a little rough, but you know, if, if there's a point where you start seeing Lamar, um Mane and Safe on the field together and they're linking passes and they're able to play the ball back to front versus having to just long ball it up to Maddox. I think that's as our RSL fan when you should start being worried about about the result. So if those guys can link passes, that's when we're really deadly. Right. And uh, Lamar was, uh, so I think before LAFC it was SKC, he picked up a bit of a bit of a bump, right? He only went like yeah. 30 minutes in the uh, LAFC game. Yeah, uh, like Maddox, or sorry, Mane wasn't even supposed to play last week, and he had he got put on. Um, say, I think he, I think the Philly game is when he also got put on for Lamar, uh, due to his knock. So yeah, I mean, this is a really, this is a really banged up squad. Um, when, yeah, I mean, we got plenty of guys who hopefully will come back, but you know, we had three starters, not even travel last week. Oh, wow. Okay. Just need three points. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We're, we're definitely, we're definitely not primo FC Cincinnati, but that's, yeah, but you have a lot of guys who want to who want to play hard and perform. Totally different question. Um, I've just decided. I made an executive decision in my life as I'm going to go to Cincinnati mm-hmm. and watch a game. I'm not sure when. What's uh, what's the one thing we have to do while in Cincinnati? I think every city has a oh. thing you have to do. Kansas City is supposed to be famous for the barbecue. St. Louis is barbecue. Birmingham's barbecue. <laughs> it's just a lot of bar. I think I just like food a lot. Right. But so, <laughs> so I'm gonna give you. Thing. I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna cheat uh-huh. on this. I'm gonna give you two. Yeah. Um, the first is what everybody's gonna know. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of Skyline Chili. If you haven't, it's it's like a Greek style chili, a very watery chili. Uh, put you have spaghetti. You have this chili that you know, put it put on. On, on top of the spaghetti, no beans. It's just the, the meat and the, the grease. And then you have a mound of shredded uh, medium cheddar cheese. And uh, that's kind of the Cincinnati thing to do. They call it a three-way. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Spaghetti, chili, cheese. Mountain of cheese. Sounds like something we can get behind. It's a gut buster. It's a gut buster. Yeah. So. Uh, so that's, you know, actually when we have, uh, when we have players on our, on our show, uh, what really any guests on our show, we ask them, you know, have you ever been to skyline? And, um, most of them either go hell no, or that's a cheat day. 
that's a cheat day. Nick Hagelin, like he's like, yeah, I'll do on a Sunday after a win, I'll, I'll, I'll eat it. But, um, so that's the, that's the one thing you need to do is what we always say. The second is if you're a really good soccer guy and you want to have just an incredible day filled with soccer, come in early, come in on a Friday for a Saturday game, wake up, crack it on 7am, whatever, go down to Ryan house in OTR. And you'll, you'll meet, you know, 50, 60, hundred of your best friends day drink, have a great time down there. Go check out a couple of the restaurants down there in OTR, watch, you know, watch, watch the soccer there at, at Ryan house. And then you can either walk or Uber or lift up to, up to Nippert stadium and, and watch the game or, or go, go pregame at those bars up there. So I think you can have just an amazing soccer experience. Uh, by going to honestly one of the best soccer bars in the country uh, in Cincinnati and Ryan house. There it is, our solution. I'm sold. If that's not an invitation, I don't know yeah. what is. That that that's got my name written all over it. Do we play yeah. Mobster this weekend? No, I, <laughs> I think it's that. This is this is the one over there. Uh, and you guys come to Salt Lake later in the year, my. I, I I don't. I think we come next year. So that yeah, because that like in the West we do every other year. I think is right. what we were told. Sense. Like. Yeah, so well, you, you know, you guys might you might be in a position to actually open up our stadium, so that could be kind of cool. I love it, man. I love it. Anything else from you? I think that's it, Brian. Any other questions, comments, or mentions in any way, shape, or form? My, I I appreciate you guys coming on down here. I just you know, if you do make it make it uh, down our way, just let us know, man. We uh we like we like uh, swagging up people when they come down here. We had we had a couple German pilots from DHL in here, and we load them up with beers and and scarves. And they they'd never been to FC Cincinnati, but damn, they're gonna know FC Cincinnati the rest of their life. So we're just a very welcoming club. Um, and and that's just kind of what we want to be remembered as. You know, we're 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 kind Midwestern folks. Uh, down here uh, in Cincinnati, but uh, yeah, it's 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 just been a it's been a it's been a ride, and um, I think we're just starting out. As I said, I think we're gonna hiccup sleeves. What you guys said, you know, I think there's gonna be a time where you see FC Cincinnati attendance go down a little bit. I, I think that's natural, but I think overall, um, we've with all the effort and work our supporters have put in, like. If you've seen my name, I used to be, you know, writing a story every other day or every other day or every, sorry, every day or every other day on CST. And you just sometimes get burned out. You guys know how it is with being a, with being a dedicated supporter. But I think we'll get, we'll get to one of those points where, where you're going to see and think of FC Cincinnati just kind of in the same light as you do with RSL and Sporting KC is some of the best supported clubs in, in North America. And remind the folks one more time where they can find you guys. Sure. CincinnatiSoccerTalk.com. Uh, we're on, you said, the website, but you also can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Apple, iTunes. We're pretty much on every uh, podcast platform. We have two shows, a Monday night show, uh, which comes out Tuesday morning on iTunes. We do that live on Facebook, YouTube. And then we have our March to Match Day, which focuses solely on the upcoming match, which I believe that drops on Thursdays, I think. So. Yeah, that that used to be my show. <laughs> All I need Brian to do is stop referencing SKC as a good support. Dude, that's what I said. Yeah, I said you're gonna be pissed at me at some point here with them. They just we just played them, so they're they're front of mind, I guess you could say. They're good people. They had a 16 year old score against us. It's BS. Yeah, yeah, that that kid is the truth. Yeah. Hey, Brian, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be in touch. All right, uh, uh, we love finding like-minded individuals who will talk soccer.
And um, thank you so much for um, hanging out with us, uh, Arsenal Nation. If you're still with us, we definitely are. Well, if they heard this, they obviously are. Fine, hang on for just one second. Arsenal Nation, it's been a pleasure. Uh, hope you learned something. And if you didn't, well, you should ask some questions when you had the opportunity. Good night.